0: Alright, so we're changing things up this morning. It will make sense later as to why it is intentional and there is a purpose behind it. So we've been in this Back to Basic series for the past few weeks and the purpose has been to cover some basic principles that we as believers need to be applying in our lives. Important aspects which are necessary for us to grow in relationship with the Lord, for us to grow in our faith and to be able to live a life connected with God. As Christians, accepting Jesus is the first step. We don't just accept Jesus and then that's it, we stay there. There's a process, we continue to grow, we continue to change things in our lives and so there's more that needs to be done after that first step and that's kind of what we've been covering is those foundational principles and today we're talking about worship. So I want to open up with a passage of scripture from the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is rich in scriptures that talk about praise and worship, in scriptures that instruct us to praise and to worship. It emphasizes the importance that worship has in our lives as believers, and it emphasizes its role as a foundational principle. So we're going to read Psalm 100, the whole chapter. All five verses. All right, so it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, uh, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. When we talk about worship, when we dedicate so much time to worship, when we emphasize its importance, there's a question that generally needs to be asked, and that is why? Why is worship important? Why do we need to worship? So if I'm standing before you today and I'm agreeing with the importance of worship, then it's fair to ask me why I worship. So I'm going to answer that question. Why do I worship? I worship because it's a way to connect with God, to enter into his presence, I worship because my God is faithful. My God is good. He is my peace when I am anxious. He is my strength when I am weak. When I feel lost and confused, I find stability in his presence and I know that he is in control. I worship him because I am thankful for what he has done for me, for the salvation he has given me, for the many ways that he has come through for me in my life. I worship him because I love him and because I am loved by him. I worship him because he is worthy of my worship, of my praise, and of my adoration. Even when I fail, when I make mistakes, when I stumble and fall over and over again, he still loves me, and he is there for me. When I am frustrated with myself, when all I see are my shortcomings, my flaws, my weaknesses, instead, he sees me as his child. He tells me that he has chosen me, that he wants me, and that he sees me as someone of worth and of value, and he reminds me of this. I worship Him because He created me and made me with purpose. I worship because in His presence there is comfort, there is confidence, there is peace, there is strength, guidance, love, acceptance, victory, and freedom. I worship because God deserves to be the priority in my life. He deserves my focus and attention. I worship when things are going well and when there is breakthrough because He deserves my celebration, my joy, my gratitude, and my songs of thanksgiving. I worship even when things seem to be falling apart, when I am broken and hurting, because in the bad times, when I put my attention on his goodness and his faithfulness, I find peace that surpasses all understanding. I experience comfort. And sometimes in those moments of worshiping through my pain, I also experience breakthrough and freedom. I worship because my God is worthy. It's that simple. worship because it is my response to who God is. That's what worship is. Worship is a response. A response to who God is. It is a response to understanding and knowing God. But we tend to complicate it. We throw in all this extra unnecessary, all these extra layers to our worship and we tend to put worship in this box. We say it has to be done this way. It has to look this way. It has to sound this way. And if it doesn't fit in the box, if it doesn't fit my preference, then I'm not going to do it. If I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. We don't pay attention to it. See, we want it to fit our preferences and our convenience so that if we don't like it, if we don't feel like it, if we're not in the mood, if we're not comfortable, we just don't do it. But I want us to understand that we don't worship for ourselves we worship because God is worthy of it in that psalm we read verse 3 says know that the Lord he is God so we worship because he is God if we have these conditions to our worship then what we're actually doing is worshiping ourselves When we're more concerned about how we look or sound during worship, when we're worried about what the people around us are going to think of us, then God is not the focus of our worship. We are. Mm -hmm. We complicate it. We overthink it. We get in our own way. We stop ourselves from experiencing freedom in his presence. We stop ourselves from truly worshiping God. Can I confess something to you guys? When I was preparing this message I struggled I struggled I got to the point where I sat Staring at my computer Completely frustrated Completely tired Unwilling to even prepare it I was ready to say you know what I can't do this Someone else can preach today I was Not getting it I was struggling I was struggling to find the direction To take with it You know what was happening? I was getting in my own way. I was allowing how I feel to determine what I do. I was making it more complicated than I needed to. Now, yes, there is a lot to be said regarding worship. But in this series, we're talking about the basics. And the basics are meant to be simple and easy to grasp. Simple and easy yet they are the foundation upon which the rest of our understanding and our behavior is built upon. So the basics are meant to be simple and easy to grasp, yet they are so important. And that's what I got hung up on. I got so caught up on the fact that this is important to get, that I was overwhelming myself with everything that I could talk about regarding worship. So I got to the point where I just stopped. I decided I had to clear my mind of all those other things that I wanted to talk about and just make it simple. So you guys have noticed, worship the worship team looks a bit different today. The way we're doing it looks different. I had planned it that way intentionally. When I planned the worship for this morning, I already knew what the topic was, and I planned it so that it's not the focus is not on the band. The focus is not on the fullness of the sound but we made it simple, we simplified it a bit because the intention is to focus on worship not on the people on stage, not on the sound. Worship. I simplified it to emphasize what really matters and it's the heart behind worship. So when I was frustrated with myself and I decided to simplify it, I realized I had to do the same thing with my approach to this message. I had to simplify it. So I asked myself a simple question: Why do I worship? And that answer I gave you just now, that's what I wrote. And that's when I found the direction to take. Because although the basics are important, when it comes to worship, it is extremely simple. The basics of worship is your heart: where is your heart? What is the desire of your heart? Because your worship is gonna reflect what is in your heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You cannot truly worship if your heart is not focused on God. What you worship is is what's in your heart. So now that we have that understanding, the basics of worship is your heart. So keeping your heart in mind and the desires and attitude of your heart. Let's read Psalm 100 again. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, And bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. As I read the psalm, I realized that it is describing what a heart of worship looks like, what we should be looking out for, and how we should be worshiping. So, according to this psalm, The heart of worship comes before the Lord with gladness. The heart of worship knows who God is. The heart of worship enters into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. The heart of worship blesses his name. The heart of worship knows that God is good. The heart of worship knows his mercy is everlasting. The heart of worship knows his truth endures. And from this knowledge, from this understanding, the heart responds with worship. It responds with a desire to glorify and adore our creator, our savior, our father, our one and only God. The attitude of our hearts will determine whether we worship or not. The desire of your heart will determine what or who you worship. So that's what I want to address this morning. Do you have a heart of worship? Now I've had people say, oh, I'm not that into worship. It's not my thing. I like the message part and not so much worship. No one sitting here this morning, no one hearing this message can say that they're not really into worship. You cannot say that you are not a worshiper or that you don't like worship. Because the truth is, we are all worshipping something or someone every day of our lives. You know why? Because we were created to worship. It's in our nature to worship. So we are worshiping. Where we tend to get a bit lost and confused is the object of our worship. So if you say, oh, I'm not that into worship, then here's a question for you. What is your main priority? Because whatever your priority is, that's what you'll be worshiping with your life. And sometimes it doesn't seem like a bad thing. What we're prioritizing seems like a good thing. It has value. We think, oh, it's not that bad. But if it's getting in between you and God, it's that bad. You worship what you prioritize. So maybe you're worshiping your family, your studies, your job. Maybe you're worshiping money, selfish gain, comfort, your hobbies. Your priority is whatever it is that you use as an excuse to say that you're too busy, that you just didn't have time to spend with God during the week. We make time for what we prioritize. So if you say that, oh, I didn't have time to read the Bible, I didn't have time to pray, I didn't have time to worship, then you're prioritizing something above God. We are worshiping something else. So when we mention worship, we often think of the singing part of a church service. But worship doesn't just happen at church on a Sunday morning or at a worship service. And worship doesn't end when the worship team walks off stage. Worship continues throughout the week. You go home after church and you continue to worship. You go to work and you continue to worship. You go to university, you continue to worship. You go to school, you continue to worship. So what are you worshiping? You're worshiping whatever it is that you prioritize. And we need to understand this because even though when we're in a church service in a worship service and we're singing the songs we're clapping our hands we're lifting our hands up we're closing our eyes these actions might look like we're worshiping but it doesn't necessarily mean we're truly worshiping God because worship is not about the song we sing the style we like the quality of our voices or about the place we worship in or the posture we take what God desires is that we worship him wholeheartedly He's not looking to see if you look like you're worshipping. I could look like the most intense worshipper ever. Look super holy, lifting my hands, closing my eyes. Yes, Lord. I might look like I'm worshipping, but if my heart is not in the right place, that means nothing. So God is not looking to see if you look like you're worshipping. He's looking at the heart behind your worship. So I said we don't just worship in church, we worship when we leave. And I want to emphasize this. We're not confined to worship in a church building. Now yes, the church is known to be a place of worship, but you are the church. Which means that wherever you are is a place of worship. You're not confined to worship in a church building. You worship where you are. So there isn't a specific place to worship. And this isn't my idea. I'm not the one saying this. Jesus said it. In John chapter four, we see Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, and she mentions this differing opinion of where to worship. In verse 19 to 23, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you to be a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So this woman says, we worship on the mountain. The Jews say you have to worship in Jerusalem. What's up? And Jesus doesn't give this woman an answer like, yes, you worship on the mountain, or yes, you worship in Jerusalem. He says neither. Instead, he tells her that true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. That's an internal location, not external. It's not a place or a building. It is an attitude of heart, in spirit and in truth. Now, these two things aren't separate. You don't worship in spirit and then you worship in truth. The two go hand in hand. They're not separate. See, we are spirit. It's the core of who we are. And God is spirit. So we worship. So worshiping in spirit goes beyond just the physical, It's not just a physical posture, but it's a heart posture. Worshiping in truth is based on the truth of who God is and what he does. It is also the truth of our circumstances through the good and the bad. I came across an article that said it this way. To worship God in spirit and in truth then is to declare that God is worthy of our reverence. We do this both through our emotional core and in light of reality. We worship God based on the truth of who he is, the truth of who we are, the truth of what God does, and the truth of what is going on in our world. We do it with a heart inclined toward God and in submission to him. We worship God when our attitudes, actions, and words declare that he is worthy of our praise. We worship with a heart inclined toward God. So we are to worship in spirit and in truth, regardless of place, regardless of circumstances, regardless of whether your preferences are being met or not, regardless of whether you feel like it or not. We worship in spirit and truth with our heart directed toward God, with our heart focused on God, and we respond in worship because he is worthy. Our worship is not dependent on a specific time or location. It's dependent on our hearts. And I think one of the greatest examples of a heart of worship and the power of true worship is seen in Acts chapter 16. Here we see Paul and Silas, they had been captured, beaten up, thrown into prison and bound in chains. Now I don't know about you, but if I had been beaten up, proceeded to be locked up, chained up in a dingy, dirty cell where it's cold and dark and my feet are tired. I would not be in the mood to worship. But our circumstances won't hinder the heart inclined toward God. It won't hinder the worship of a heart inclined toward God. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Paul and Silas had the best reason, they had the best excuse to say, I'm not going to worship. Yet they chose to worship anyway. Their hearts knew that God was worthy of their worship, regardless of their physical condition. They knew that God is good, that he is faithful, that his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures. And because they knew that, they had something to be grateful for. They had a desire to bless his name. And in that dirty, cold and dark cell, probably in pain from being beaten, sitting uncomfortably with their feet feet bound, they sang and worshipped the Lord. And in their response to who God is, because of their heart of worship, because they focused on God rather than their problems, as a result of this, they experienced breakthrough. They experienced freedom, quite literally. Because God moves when we truly worship Him. There is power in worship, there is healing in worship, there is freedom in worship, there is comfort, peace, acceptance, there is victory. There is joy to be experienced when you choose to worship God wholeheartedly, focused on Him and not our surroundings or our feelings or our preferences. We make Him the priority of our lives. Make Him the desire of your heart and your focus will change. Your approach to worship will change and you'll begin to worship in spirit and in truth because your heart is inclined toward Him. So we worship What our hearts are inclined towards. Paul and Silas worshipped in the worst of situations because their hearts were inclined towards God. They sought God in the midst of their trials. They remembered God's goodness and loving kindness as they sat in their struggle. They knew that God was their help and they rejoiced in his presence. They were satisfied as they praised with joyful lips, even in the pain of their reality. They understood and they knew who God is, so they responded with worship. They worshiped whether the conditions were favorable or not because their focus wasn't on themselves, but it was on God. Their hearts were after God and not themselves. And when the focus is on God and not our situation, then we worship. We step out of our current situation and into his presence. When we choose to worship, we choose to surrender our comfort our worry, our anxiety, our fear, our pain, our brokenness, our heartbreak, our tiredness, our weakness. We step out of those things and into his presence. And in so doing, we receive what the Lord wants to give us. You need peace? Step into his presence. You need strength? Step into his presence. You need guidance and direction, step into his presence. You need healing and comfort, step into his presence. You need courage, step into his presence because in his presence, he will give you what you need. See, it's so easy for us to allow how we feel to affect how and if we worship. But Paul and Silas didn't allow how they felt to affect their worship. They desired God so much that even being bound, beaten, and locked up wouldn't stop them from worshiping God for who he is. And they didn't do it quietly or in secret either. The scripture says they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. That means they weren't whispering their prayers. They weren't silently singing or they weren't having this quiet, intimate moment with God in silence. We like to use that as an excuse. No, no, I'm having a moment. <laughs> they weren't having a quiet moment. They were worshiping. The prisoners were listening. That means that they were singing songs, they were speaking out loud. When you sing, you project your voice. That means something comes out of your mouth. I've never heard someone sing silently, <laughs> that's mumbling. They were singing and praying, and the prisoners heard them. So, sound came out of their mouth. Singing is an expression of worship. Worship results in expression. When we worship God wholeheartedly, there will be some form of expression. And there isn't just one form of expression, there's many. We express our worship in different ways and for different reasons. So let's just take a look at some different forms of expression. There's expression through music. We worship through music. Psalm 150 verse three to five says, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. None of that sounds quiet to me. We worship with music. We express our worship through music. We express our worship with the shout of praise. In that Psalm 100 we read, verse 1, first thing, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout to the Lord, a joyful shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. We express our worship by lifting our hands, not because it looks holy, but it is a genuine expression of, of worship. Yeah. Psalm 63, verse 4 I will lift up my hands in your name. We worship by singing songs. Psalm 105, verse 2 Sing to him, sing psalms to him. Psalm 100, verse 2 Come before his presence with singing. And we even express our worship through dance. Psalm 149 verse 3, let them praise his name with dance. Expressions of worship. There's different expressions, but when we worship wholeheartedly, we will express our worship in one of these ways. Not because it's the right way to do it. Not because we're told to do it. But because it is an outward expression of an inner emotion an inner desire. When the team you support wins, you cheer, you clap, you scream, jump up and down. When you see your friend in the distance, you might smile and wave because you're happy to see them. And something sad or bad happens to you, you cry. When something funny happens, you laugh. What are those? Expressions. They are outward expressions of an inner emotion. So why do we come to worship the Lord and we stand there and we look like a wall, an emotionless pillar? Maybe we'll clap. Your heart's not in it if that's what you look like. If you're not expressing yourself, where's your heart? Because when your heart is behind worship, you don't care what the people around you are going to think. You care what God thinks. You express yourself because it is a desire to express yourself. You lift your hands and surrender to him. You clap, you shout, you dance. It's an expression because you're worshiping God, because he is worthy of our worship. So just as we express things, we express our emotions in our day-to-day lives, don't stop when you walk into church or when you're worshiping him. It just flows from your heart. When our hearts are inclined towards God, there is going to be some expression because we want to express that desire, that joy. So when we realize that our worship is not limited to church services, that there isn't a specific location to worship, when we realize that we worship what our hearts are inclined towards, and that our worship results in expression. Then we're going to begin to see worship as something more than just songs. It's not just something we're doing while we wait for the latecomers to arrive. Or it's something that we're doing to entertain you and excite you before the pastor brings the message. We'll begin to see the value of worship, the importance of worship. We'll begin to examine our hearts and determine what our hearts are inclined towards. Is it inclined towards God or towards something else? So, my prayer is that we will desire God wholeheartedly, that we'll place Him as the priority of our lives, that we will make Him the main focus so that we can have a heart of worship, of true worship, so that we will spend every day worshiping God in spirit and truth, regardless of time and place, regardless of our situations. Because he alone is worthy of our worship. So let's begin to worship him the way he deserves with a heart of worship. Let's worship with a heart inclined towards God. That is my genuine prayer for us is that we are going to understand that and that we're going to live that out. That our hearts will be focused on God. And we're going to put this into practice. We're going to Worship, we're gonna close with worship. We're first gonna have communion and and then we're just gonna spend time worshiping the Lord because our hearts are inclined towards him. We want to worship and honor him. And I pray that that's where your focus will be. That when you leave this building, you're not focused on other things first, but God is your priority. So you don't stop worshiping when you walk out of here. You worship every single day of your life, in church or not. So let's just... Pray quickly, and then we'll pass on to the pastor for for communion. Lord, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for the truth of who you are and what you do. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will just desire more of you, that we will understand who you are, and we will worship in response to that, that we will be grateful, that we will be thankful, that it doesn't matter what our situation is, in the good and the bad, we will worship you. Our hearts will not be hindered by our situations, by how we feel, by the the people around us, but that our worship will be wholeheartedly for you. That we will express our worship in the way that we desire you, Lord. That we won't close our eyes and lift our hands or express these, these expressions of worship because it's what looks like worship, but that it's coming from our hearts, from a desire to glorify you. Lord, may our hearts be focused on you. And if we start to stray a little bit, if we start to put other things in, in front of you, Lord, I pray that you'll convict us, that you will challenge us, that you'll open our eyes to see that and that we will correct our ways. That we will put you first in everything. That we're not going to make excuses. That we will prioritize time with you. Because we know that if we put you first, everything else is going to fall into place. You will help us in everything else. So Lord, may we guard our hearts and make sure that it is inclined towards you. So Lord, as we worship, may our attention be on you. May our focus be on you. And may we offer you praise and worship that is pleasing to you, that is honoring to you, that glorifies you. It's all about you, Lord. So we give you all honor and praise. Amen.